there, and welcome to another episode of Shouting in the Evening, brought to you by the Scheidt International Theatre Company. Please make yourselves comfortable. The performance is about to begin. management clinic is making me really angry. There are simply times in everyone's life when a person deserves to be angry. Why does there have to be this disconnect between the way I feel and what I say or do? Why can't I tell a person when I am angry? Well, I understand. I should follow the steps to control anger. I I will try. I promise. Step one. Think before you speak. Well, that's all I do is think about Fred. After 15 years of marriage and my putting up with his drinking, he simply packs up and walks out the door. Fred leaves me with all the debts, the kids, the dogs, and the mortgage. I think about him before I go to bed at night. I wake up in the middle of the night and I think about him. I think about him when I drive to my second job. I think about him when I catch our son Jimmy cutting school to smoke pot or Jenny in bed with her boyfriend. Oh, trust me, I am thinking about Fred all the time. Step two, once you're calm, express your anger. Calm? I don't have time to be calm. I was getting better for no other reason than I'm exhausted with two jobs, the kids, the house, and the debts. But then, then I get this letter, not an email, an actual letter written in longhand on real stationery. Fred says he is fulfilling step nine of AA. Well, fucking step nine of Alcoholics Anonymous. Make direct amends to such people wherever possible. Blah, 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 blah. (sighs) Okay, that's when my husband apologizes for all the stuff he did. He apologizes for all the drunken nights, the insults, the not showing up for the kids' soccer games, and for getting to pick me up at the airport, and for me having to bail him out of jail for drunk driving. He apologizes for us always being broke and never having nice things and having to manage the house without any help from him. Then he gets to the meat of the apologies. He apologizes for sleeping with my best friend, Jill. I kind of suspected he and Jill were at it, but I never knew for sure. All those hours Jill and I spent chatting about my problems, and all that time, all that time, oh my God, all that time she's screwing my husband behind my back. Then he apologizes for sleeping with April, Angela, Antoinette, Barbara, Betty, Beatrice, Candy, well, and on and on through the entire alphabet of my friends. He apologizes for sleeping with the babysitters, all of them, Jimmy's math tutor, 
and the cleaning lady. No wonder she never finished cleaning downstairs. He tells me how good he feels now that he is clean and sober and dealing with his problems of sexual addiction and what a relief it is to make this apology. An apology I should mention that does not come until after I finish paying off all our debts. <laughs> In the last paragraph, he apologizes for sleeping with my mother. My mother? My mother? My mother was bedridden for years, but I guess that was just a convenience? I am now ready to express my anger, and I phone him at his new uptown apartment. My mother? Yes, he says, but I want you to know that she died happy. There was a smile on her face. I made sure of that. You killed my mother? She died in the throes of ecstasy. It was a perfect death. We should all be so lucky. My mother died making to, to what? After a brief pause, he asks, Are you happy? Are you getting on with your life? He wants me to know that he is now living with Trixie, an exotic dancer from the stage back door. They met at AA. They are both clean and sober for eight months and both dealing with their sexual addictions. Trixie has even changed careers to something with fewer temptations. Trixie and Fred understand each other because they both have had so many personal struggles to deal with. He wishes me well and hopes that I, too, can find the kind of happiness he has. <sighs> Step three, get some exercise. I began exercising by jogging past his home in the mornings and his office after work. I see Trixie and Fred as they go out to dinner and run errands and laugh and kiss. I see him come home with a bouquet of flowers for her. I see her leaving the apartment in tight gym clothes with her overly augmented breasts. I see that he still works late after the other employees go home. So I, I take up boxing. And I hit the bag, 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 and I hit it again, and I, and then I take up kickboxing, and I kick the bag, and I kick the bag, and I hit the bag, and I kick the bag, and I kick it, and I hit it, and I kick it, and I hit it, and I kick it, and hit it, and kick it, and hit it, kick it. I hit it. Then I jog some more. Step four. Take a time out. Excuse me, I have two jobs, two kids, a mortgage and a deadbeat husband living with another woman. I have no time to take a time out. No, I understand, even if it's just for an afternoon. So I give myself a spa day, manicure, pedicure, facial, massage, the whole bit. Yes, I do happen to end up at the spa where Trixie now works as a masseuse. I get 
her talking with just a few leading questions as she oils and rubs my back with the same technique I assume she used on the fronts of her male customers. My new man is just wonderful guy. <laughs> we have a terrific sex life. Well, we were both sex addicts, you know, so you know, now we just turn all that sexual energy to each other. <laughs> you know, he was married to a real prude, so he has a lot of pent-up enthusiasm. My gosh, your muscles are tight. You must be carrying around a lot of tension. Step five, identify possible solutions. I begin to think about all the possible solutions to my situation. That's when I decide to confront Fred directly, to have a chat, just a chat. I don't want to meet him at a restaurant or when Trixie is around, so I suggest we meet at his office after the employees have gone home. He says no. He would rather not meet in person. I tell him I am on step five and have identified possible solutions. He says he has solved his problems and that I should solve mine on my own. I want to respect the anger management steps. So that's when I hit upon plan B. Fred left most of his hunting gear and his other odd collections in the garage, most of it in locked containers. So I unlock them and hunt around for what I need. I'm already jogging by his work every evening, so when I see the lights on in his office, I'm fairly sure he is alone. This is an excellent chance to have the conversation I think we need. He hasn't changed the security code, so I walk right in. <laughs> Step six, stick with I statements. Fred is surprised to see me. He asks me what I want. He tells me he is busy and that he already said he did not want me coming to the office. He asks me to leave. I say, I want to talk. He stands up with the intention of escorting me out the door. He should never have stood up. I didn't know the gun was loaded. How was I to know the gun was loaded? It isn't like I even know how to load a gun or shoot it or anything. It's your gun. Why did you leave a loaded gun where just anyone could find it inside your locked containers? Who leaves a loaded gun just lying around inside a locked box? Oh, no, that's wrong. I'm sorry. I am supposed to use I statements. I found your gun after I broke into your locked container. I took the gun out, but I did not realize it was loaded. I feel that you should bear some re responsibility for what has just happened. I just wanted to talk. Step seven.
Don't hold a grudge. I want you to know that although it has been difficult not to hold a grudge against you, I am trying. This is perhaps the most difficult step for me. But now, seeing you like this, lying on the ground bleeding, possibly bleeding to death, I do feel a wave of forgiveness coming over me. Yes, I think I am ready, if not to forgive you, at least to let go of the grudge that I have held against you for such a long time. They say that being angry is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. I guess in this case, the other person really might die. Step eight, use humor to release tension. Sorry about where I shot you. I've never shot a gun before. You know the saying, use it or lose it? It looks like even if you live, you're going to lose it. <laughs> well, you wanted to get over your sexual addiction, and I guess death is as good a way as any. <laughs> uh, step nine. Practice relaxation skills. Um. Um, please, don't call me a bitch when I'm trying to meditate. I've learned all these new techniques to center and calm myself, and I need to relax before I can call the ambulance. Just give me a moment here. Step 10. Know when to seek help. Hello? Is this the anger management clinic? I, I think I need help. Fred, will you please be quiet? I'm trying to get help. I'll call the ambulance later. <clears throat> yes. Yes. I, I think I do need help controlling my anger. was Anger Management, written and read by Barbara Anderson. Thanks go to our esteemed technical wizard Ian for sound manipulation and button wrangling. Join us again next week for another Shouting in the Evening theatre production. Cheerio! Cheerio!